Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Mark Goodman, and we are uh, we are actually in the Driven to Compete mobile studio. Uh, a little nice. bit of air conditioning here for us. Uh, it's, it's a hot weekend here at uh, Road America for the June sprints, even though this time of year is pretty great for this type of country, this part of the country, and uh, SCCA event. And you are uh, a fellow B-Spec racer. Yes, first year in B-Spec. First year in B-Spec. So is that all you're doing this year is B-Spec? It is. Okay, so tell me, tell me a little bit about what car you're driving and how, it, how has it been going this year? <clears throat> uh, so I'm driving a Mini Cooper. It's an 08 Cooper, otherwise known as an R56 in the, in the Mini world. Um, you know, I'm just getting to know the car. It's only my third race weekend. So I spent a long time in spec racers. And so it's a lot different than that. You know, the car is really overtired and underpowered. And uh, for instance, you know, this track, Road America, is basically three straightaways in this car. So I think there are only really three brake, braking points the whole track so uh, definitely an adjustment it's fun but I, I'm definitely not getting everything out of the car yet yeah yeah um, so how many races have you done in B-Spec this year already well I did two race weekends I did uh, Blackhawk two races Mid Ohio two races so today was my fifth race okay all right yeah. um, so it's it's a lot different but is there is it better maybe in some ways that you can tell uh, well, it's better in the uh, financial, uh, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what, you know, the $16,000 trans, uh, transmission change in uh, Spec Racer is what finally did me in there. Wow. So, you know, I, I, I did put the gearbox in the car and then I sold it that way. But I mean, my gearbox in my Spec Racer costs as much as my race car. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, for some people that's okay, for me it wasn't. Yeah, so, no. Um, uh, you know, they're both momentum cars for sure, but... I always thought the spec racer was really a momentum car, but not compared to this. No. I mean, uh, because you've got nothing to to get you back going. You really can't afford to scrub speed. No, no, you, you, uh, you're you gotta, dead in the water. Get to so. hold all the speed you can. And um, so this is the first year in B spec. And um, how many years prior to that have you been racing? I started racing in 1989. Okay. So I'll be a 40-year SCCA member next year. Oh. Um, Cool. But uh, so '89, I started with the Sports Renault, so r raced that, which you know was what spec racers became. Uh -huh. uh, Sports Renault for a couple of years, then I went to Sherm Stock, raced Sherm Stock GT in a Camaro, then raced Sherm Stock C in a Miata, um, right when Miatas first came on the scene, and then I took a little break, uh, raced uh, had a Formula car for a while when I came back, then came back to spec racers again, ran. Uh, Gen 2 spec racers for probably 10 years, 12 years. Then some life events changed there. Uh, I Then I ran uh, uh, RX-7 endurance cars for, I don't know, eight or nine years. And then I finally came back to SCCA club racing in 2017 and a spec racer Gen 3 and raced that until uh, through last year. So the, the endurance racing, who was that with? Uh, originally it was with what was Chump Car, now Champ Car. Yep. Uh, and then as a matter of fact, uh, the very first chump car race that ever happened was a 24-hour race in Portland. 
and uh, finished second in that race. Oh, uh, nice. So we got off to a good, yeah, with the car we bought for 500 bucks out of the junkyard, put a cage in it, and went racing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, true to the spirit of the, of course, things have progressed there as they always do in racing. Speed creep has definitely happened. Uh, and then after a while, uh, went over and raced Lucky Dog, which is mainly a West Coast series, although they started expanding. Yeah, I've not heard of that before. Yeah, so yeah. Still, still active? So, yeah, still active and growing. As a matter of fact, they now have a three-race East Coast series um, that in uh, the Carolinas and Atlanta. But they're really strong on the West Coast. As a matter of fact, they've pretty much driven Champ Car out of existence on the West Coast. Is it I similar format? Yeah, similar format. Okay. Um, but I, I think there's only one Champ Car race left on the West Coast. Lucky Dog's just how do they, driven them how, out. How do they drive them out, though? Well, it was all of the people who ran Champ Car originally or Chump Car originally before it split, before they had their, their issues, um, and they went and started their own series and uh, did it better. I was going to say, they had to do something did different. Did it better, more competitor-friendly. Yeah. Um, just, you know, that kind of racing. All, all racing should be fun, but the fun factor is definitely a more important, important part of that racing. A lot of people really knew racing and everything. They, they just seem to have more fun doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, they've, they've been really successful, um, and uh, they keep growing, so you know I, I miss racing with them. But but glad to get back to club racing. Is there any other clubs outside of SCCA that you've raced in? Uh, well, I did race in IMSA in the in the uh, early '90s, uh, late '80s, early '90s in uh, the Firehawk series, which is funny because uh, David Dottery raced in Firehawk back when I did in the early '90s. So like I hadn't raced against him since like 1991 until you know <laughs> this year. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And John Phillips who was on the podium today. I raced against him in Miatas in 1993 at the runoffs. So, uh, yeah, I did a little IMSA racing, uh, but other than that, uh, and the two Endurance series, it's been SCCA club racing. IMSA is pro, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, for people listening, <laughs> uh, I, I, knew, I, I had the same mindset before I kind of dove into to racing. I always thought that, I mean, if you're a driver, you obviously get paid, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, it's just the opposite, right? Yeah. So, and pro racing, that's the misnomer about pro racing. Yeah. Pro racing just means you pay more. That's right. I mean, there are a few people in pro racing getting paid, of course. I mean, for low drivers, indie car drivers, some IMSA guys, like at the prototype level, but almost everybody's paying. Yeah. And their bill is just bigger than that's a club right. racer's bill. Their bill is bigger. I mean, maybe... Maybe they're providing uh, coaching for the other drivers on the team, and yeah. they get a free seat. That free seat, but not maybe or a discount. That's right. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, pro racing just means you pay more. So yeah, it, it is. It is funny how uh, it it doesn't seem that way from the outside, but that's that's what it is. It's the it's the teams that are trying to make money. Yeah, it's it's the only sport I know of like that, and it's the only sport that isn't really a meritocracy. I mean, and if you're the best <laughs> basketball player in the world. I guarantee that you can play pro basketball. If you're the best baseball player in the world, I mean, you can just show up and get a tryout with a double-A team and you'd be in the majors, you know, by the end of the season. The best auto racer in the world has probably never, will probably never hear of them. The yeah. top 100 will probably never hear of them because they never got the chance. Yeah. It's all dollar-driven. So, yeah. um, you know, it's that combination of, of dollars and skill. Yep. Um, you know, not to denigrate the people at the top because certainly, you know, Lewis Hamilton's probably a pretty good shoe, but oh, yeah. but you know the the rest has to go with it too. I mean the landscape of racing is littered with really talented people that just never had the resources to do it. Yeah, to to make it big. Yep. 
Um, so w what was the very first thing you did on track? Was it like autocross or was it wheel to wheel or? Yeah, road racing. Road racing. Yeah, sports for now. First yeah. race I ever, first time I'd ever, well, I did go to school. I went to a, a pro school. Okay. Uh, back in those days, you had to do two schools and then, you know, a couple license, uh, a couple races on your novice permit. Then you get a regional license and then four regionals before you get a national license. So, like, to get, if you started racing in the spring, you could make it to the sprints till the whole next year because they didn't have a, a full competition like they wow. do now. Wow. Yeah. So, it was a much more graduated program. In a lot of ways, a better program, more of a barrier to entry, though. I, I understand why they changed it. Yeah. Uh, but you were under some pretty heavy scrutiny for a long period of time before you got your full license. But so I went to a pro school, and then my SCCA school, because you had to do two schools, was combined with a regional race weekend, and so that race was, you know, the first competitive event I did. Okay. Well, did you have a good time at that race? I had a great time. I finished second. No. Oh. And you know, all of a sudden, I'm out there. You know, in a tight spec, you know, sports Renault spec racer draft, you know, with cars touching each other. And I'm like, ah, I didn't know if I was quite ready for it, but I had a great time. Do <laughs> uh, you have any um, uh, memorable and wish you could forget, like, incidences on track? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, sometimes... I mean, one of the times that I made a shot at going pro racing in IMSA, I ended up with a, in a huge wreck that, I mean, I was fine, but the car was far from fine, and that set me back a couple of years. Yeah. And it was, of course, no, nobody, no wreck's ever your fault, right? But this one was definitely, I mean, literally, I'm driving line on the track, and a guy who had gone off 500 yards in front of me comes steaming back at full speed and T-bones oh. me in the middle of the track. Like... Where was I supposed to be? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that uh, we were on a shoestring at the time, and then that just totaled the car. And yeah. That, so, yeah, I, I would, if I could hit the skip button, I'd skip it on that. But, no, I've had so many great times <laughs> in racing. Um, you know, when I first started, my best friend was my crew chief. And, you know, he would come out, and his wife would come out, and our friends would come out. And it was, it was like such my whole life revolved around it. I mean, uh, I had a job where I hardly made any money. I, I can't believe I could afford to race. I didn't do anything else. That's all I did was race. And I raced 12 or 15 weekends a year. Wow. And uh, th those were great times. I but mean, you guys are probably doing all your own, all your own. Oh, you know, everything. Wrenching and t hauling and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, when I, so, um, when I, I, I always wanted to race. So I didn't want to be a baseball player or whatever. I wanted to be a race driver. Um, I think my brother took me to see Le Mans in the theater in 1972 when I came out and I was like that's it that's that's what I want to do and I always talked about it always talked about it always talked about it, it didn't have it wasn't the kind of thing where my family raced or anybody cared about racing or, or anything although my mm -hmm. dad would take me to the Rose Cups in Portland every year which is the biggest club race on the west coast he didn't know anything about cars but he knew I liked racing so he'd take me and we'd sit and watch sit on the bank and watch it and yeah um so I kept saying that I wanted to race and wanted to race, and that's all I wanted to do. And after a while, I, I realized that there was always going to be a good reason not to race, yep. right? Yeah. Because it's it's not convenient. It's not. There's always going to be a really good, solid reason not to race, whether yeah. it's financial or relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I wish Peter Egan was listening to this podcast. He's he was a columnist at Road and Track. Yep. Still around. He wrote a column called Side Glances in the front of Road and Track, and. I was reading his column because I was a religious reader, and 
he wrote a column about how he was at the track with his Crosley Formula Ford, and a guy pulled up in a brand new 300ZX Turbo, you know, time, very expensive car, and I was like, oh man, I, I always was, well, I've always wanted to race more than anything in the world. And Peter's column, the point of it was, no, you don't. Because if what you wanted to do was race more than anything in the world, you wouldn't have bought that new 300ZX Turbo. You would have bought a race car. Mm -hmm. You can obviously afford to do it. You're choosing to do something else. And that was just one of those lightning bolt moments for me. I'm like, you know what? I'm always going to have a reason not to do it. Yeah. So I lived in an apartment. I didn't have a garage. I didn't have a truck. I didn't have a trailer. I sold everything I owned of value and bought a race car and had it delivered to me. <laughs> and I just figured, and I didn't know how to work on cars. God. And no mechanical ability at all. I just figured, I'm just diving in. And that's what I did. I built a garage. I have no, like, uh, carpentry skills either, but I built a garage with two by fours and plywood on some, somebody had pity on me and let me build it there as long as they could keep it after I left. Uh-huh. A guy I worked with loaned me his family minivan to tow to the races every weekend. I bought a single axle tilt bed trailer for 400 bucks, and I was racing. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So um, it was one of those things where it just took realizing that I'd always have an excuse not to. Yeah. And if that's really what I wanted to do, I needed to, you know, I, I needed to put my money where my mouth was. Yeah, I, uh, I, we were talking earlier about what do you do for a living? And I said, you know, I was in technology for 25 years and I really didn't like it. Um, I never felt like it was the right spot for me, but you know, it paid the bills and yeah. you get promotions and you get to a new job. And, and then there's other reasons too. Like there's relationships like, Oh, well, it's all, you know, I gotta be, keep everything stable sure. and all this stuff. And, but I, I've been wanting to drive fast and race. I don't know. A long time like I've always driven like a maniac and I still do I get worse every I, I get better every year mm -hmm. more skilled <laughs> that's right uh, and, and a little bit faster but um, you know I want to do that on a track and uh, you know so it took me a long time to just just completely cut off what I was doing for a living for 25 years but prior to that and I think I would have had the courage to do that because uh, pr because of racing. Two years prior to that, I mean, I'm 51. I started when I was 49. And I, I finally was like... You're probably not going to make that one. Sorry to... I hate to be the guy to break it You to said you. Probably. 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 That's right. You never know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I just, you know, like, I just got to do it. And so at the time that I did it, I was unemployed, but I did it anyway. And, um, you know, I had some savings and I had some plans for, for raising funds uh, or making money later, but I said, like, I have enough that I can get started. And I got started and man, I love it. 
I love it. And B-Spec is great because it's so affordable. And um, Now, I don't work on cars, and I really don't want to. And I, I use Chris's help, mm -hmm. and uh, I do the arrive and drive with him. I mean, I could buy my own car, but I still end up paying just about the same because I would have him do everything, store right. it, haul it. Right. I mean, the only difference is I shelled out a bunch of money ahead of time to get a car, and, and maybe I can make some money back. I mean, resale on our cars right now is pretty good. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. The market is really tight on them. Yeah. Um, so do you anticipate staying with the car you have? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's certainly early in the process, but um, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a little frustrated right now, especially today. I had a bad, very bad race today, but uh, I'm a little frustrated because I'm not doing as well as I'd like to be doing, but, yeah. you know, that's on me. I need to improve. Now, you have been here many, many times. Only a couple. Oh, okay. Uh, because all my, most of my racing years were on the West Coast. Okay. So uh, I have been here, I think this is my third or fourth time. Okay. I did the runoffs here in, I don't know, 2020 or 2021. I don't remember yeah. when they were last year. Yep. And I raced here twice before that. I think I've done two sprints and one runoffs here before this weekend. Got it. Um, but So you've been... You've probably been to a lot of tracks. Yeah. Um, any favorites? Uh, I gotta say, Sears Point, Sonoma is my favorite. Okay. Uh, of any track, uh, I like Laguna Seca a lot too. I want to go to those two so badly. Um, they're, so. they're they're great tracks. Um, I also happen to like uh, Pacific Raceways, which is used to be Seattle International Raceway. It's an old school track. They will never build them like that again because they can't because it's really dangerous. I mean, you go off and you're in the trees. Oh gosh, uh, and it's still it's still operable and yeah, like that. Yeah, although I understand they put some Armco up this year, but there wasn't any before. Literally, you would come around and you'd see a car fifty feet into the trees and the guy climbing out of it, you know, who didn't hit the tree square on. So I mean, oh my God. it's the kind of tra lots of elevation change, <clears throat> every kind of you know high speed corners. Great track and the kind of track that these days they could never build. What's so. it called? And where is that? It's called Pacific Raceways. It's in Kent, Washington, which is about half an hour south of Seattle. It used to be called Seattle International Raceway. Okay. And back in the day, I mean, they raced Can-Am there. They raced Formula 5000 there. I think it may have changed for, for a, the longest amount of time. The absolute track record there still was, I think, David Hobbs in a Can-Am car, like from the 70s. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I, I love those tracks. But there, there are great tracks everywhere. I mean, I, I really like Watkins Glen. It's a really enjoyable place. Yeah, um, a lot of people have made... Um, really like Watkins Glen. Barber, have you ever been to Barber? Once. Yeah. I had to go, you know, SCCA doesn't race there much. It's one regional a year. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't there be a major at Barber? Come on. Uh, so I, I had to go there once just to race it, and I, and I liked it. But, I mean, the place, it's like it's like you took uh, the, you know, Palace of Versailles and put a racetrack through it. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, have you been there? I have not, but I've heard. It's ridiculously well manicured. I mean, it does. It's like... So, and I was always paranoid because I had always heard that if you go off and, you know, you make a rut through the grass, you get a bill at the end of the weekend oh, to fix really? the grass. So that, that, you know, that intimidates you a little bit. Well, that's, have you been to Coda in Austin? I have. Yeah. Uh, no, I've not driven there. I, I went to the F1 race there and spectated, but I haven't driven there. Okay. Well, they, you know, they have a rule there. If you, if you go off and damage their railing, then you mm -hmm. buy them some new railing. Yeah. So. so that's, you know, that makes you think twice. But I, I heard, yeah, I heard it at uh, Barber that, you made a rut in the grass. Who's not going to make a rut in the grass? Sorry, I'm going to go off. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. But uh, but fun place to go. I'd encourage uh, you to go there. And the museum is beautiful, especially if you like bikes. 
you know, because the, the track, the guy's mainly a motorcycle enthusiast. Uh -huh. so the track's a little narrow, would be my only complaint. Yeah. It's kind of built for bikes, but uh, but still a lot of fun. Um, any, any well, memorable races. Did we talk about this already? Uh, well, you asked me if there were any I would redo or not. My most memorable race, actually, was probably at Pacific Raceways when it was Seattle International. It was a, I still remember it was a 42-car field, pouring rain. Just Seattle, what a surprise. Uh, like it may, and I lapped the field. Oh wow! Lapped the entire field, down to down to second place. That so pretty that, good. It was one of those days where I just felt untouchable. I just felt like I, I felt like I was on a I was playing a video game or something, you know. And uh, everybody else was the the jam cars in the video game. And I was just, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even pushing it. And uh, that it was one of those days where it was it just all came together. I don't I don't know why. That's awesome. Probably could never do it again. Um, have you been close to any championships? Yeah, I've won uh, a few, I don't know, I've won eight or nine regional championships. Oh, I gosh. Think, and, <laughs> and a divisional. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, been a while, though. <laughs> so I, I won a race every year I ran until, like, 2007 or 2008, and I have not won a race since then. Oh, no. I know. So it's because it's, I won a, at least one race every season before that. Um, but you know, you're racing spec racer and only racing majors because I don't I don't race divisional races or anything. So every race is a tough race. It is, yeah. In that field, and uh, um, not as young as I used to be. So are you going to the runoffs this year? Probably not. Um, you know, the runoffs. I just had a long conversation with somebody about that about an hour ago. Everybody has their you know, it's a lot of time. It's a big yeah. time time yeah. commitment for not a lot of track time. Yeah. I've been five times. I think I uh, went to both of them in Indy because. Who wouldn't want to race at Indy? Uh, I did two at Road Atlanta back in the old days when it was there, because I don't know if you know, it was at Road Atlanta for like 25 years, solid. Uh, it was the only place it ever was until Interesting. the, the no, I didn't mid 90s. Know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, I mean, the runoffs in Road Atlanta were synonymous. Oh, you going to Atlanta this fall? You know. Uh, and then I did one here. So, but I don't think, I don't think I'll go this year. It's just a long time yeah. to take. It's a, it's a lot of money and a lot of time I don't know. I, I keep saying that maybe I will just because new class kind of want to do it, want to be part of this growth of yeah. the class yeah. and everything. I love the fact that we're getting big fields and everything. Yeah. I've always gravitated toward the field with the the class with the biggest field because it means something when you do well. Yeah. Like not to get down on anybody, but if you race in a class with two people and then on your Facebook page on Monday you have a picture of you podium, you know, I podium this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you. You know, I'm glad that makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. But, you know, you, we've got, what, 23 cars here? Yeah. And you what's podium cool, this weekend, that means something. It does, but you know what else I think is great for the big fields is there's always somebody that you can race with. And right. Uh, most people tell me, you know, like, it's either a race that, like, they lapped everybody like you did or... They were neck and neck with somebody the whole race, and it was just super exciting for them the whole time. Oh, yeah, and that's true. And it's like, that's one reason I was a spec racer, too, even when I stopped running at the very front, was you'd still have a great race. You might be racing for 19th, yeah. but it was just, you know, elbows out with three or four other guys, and, and everybody all smiles afterwards. Yeah. And, and I see, hopefully, B-Spec getting the same way. Do you, um, you, have you been in B-Spec long enough to comment on maybe any camaraderie that you see in the group or maybe just a little bit early? Uh, a little bit early. I definitely see some. That was one attraction. I mean, I, 
I started looking at it actually a couple of years before I made the jump. And the numbers just weren't big enough for me. I didn't want to go in a class where there were three guys on the weekend. Yeah. And you're running in a mixed group with seven other classes and there are three guys. And yeah, I got, I got second again, you know, who cares? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely saw some of that. And then I ended up start, started to talk a lot with Steven Trone, who won the runoffs last year, but he had come from Spec Racer too. Yes. And yeah. we had a lot of common friends in Spec Racer. And so at the first Indy runoffs, I spent a bunch of time, when I was still running Spec Racer, uh, I was running a Gen 2 car then. It's the last year they ran Gen 2 at the runoffs. And I spent a lot of time with him. It was his first year in, in B-Spec, and with him telling me how great it was. And uh, and I started paying a lot of attention. I, I joined the Facebook group for B-Spec a year and a half, probably before I made the jump. I just wanted to see how people dealt with each other. So I have seen a lot of sense of community. I also have seen some politicking sure, um, sure which is disappointing more yeah. politicking than i saw in spec racer ford because in spec racer ford everybody's got the same stuff yeah. so there's no point it's tough there's no yeah. lobbying to do everybody's yep. got the same gear yeah you might disagree on whether we need a new sixteen thousand dollar gearbox or not yep but and you might politic for that but i i definitely have already seen some behind the scenes politicking going on in our class which yeah, I, it'll probably I, continue for me um I'm just worried about beating my time from the last time I was on that track. Yeah. So, um, and I know I've got a long way to go to to be competitive with the front of the group. I mean, it's there are some really good drivers yeah, that, there in are. this group. Um, but you could say that for most groups too, especially the larger ones. Yeah. I mean, whether you're talking Spec Miata or this mm -hmm. or Spec Racer, you're going to have some really, really good guys at the sharp end of the grid. But yeah, I, I do see a lot of camaraderie. I mean, like you, you know, you mentioned Chris. I mean, I hadn't met Chris until this weekend. But, you know, we've talked several times and had several long chats on Facebook Messenger just going back and forth, just talking about stuff. And, you know, he's been very helpful and very yeah. friendly. I find people have been very helpful to me. Yeah. And I feel like they're giving me genuine advice. I have a question like, oh, are you just telling me that? Or is that <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I, I mean, Stephen Trone, I, sorry, I'm getting in trouble, Steve. If this, uh, I mean, I'm like, do you have a checklist or something? He sent it to me. You know, the checklist he's... I'm like, oh, do you have a parts list for, like, when you built your car, like, exactly where you bought, like, all the hardware and everything? Yeah, he sent it to me. I mean, that's great. You wouldn't find that in a lot of classes. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, whatever you need. He's like... Yeah. And that's because he is so confident that he's maximizing what he's got that he's not afraid if you have the same thing. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, is nice. Yeah, I got to chat with him at, uh, at VIR when I was mm -hmm. there for an SCCA event earlier this year. So... Um, well, man, I, I really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. I was like, what? You want to talk to what? Heck you yeah. must have run out of all the fast guys to talk to. No, no, it's, it's, like, it's you know. not about that. It's just about sharing stories with everybody. People learn a little different angle about B-Spec and about people and how do you get into the sport and why do people stay here. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going after. Well, I think, you know, I, I've quit a couple of times. And I always, I think the first time I quit, I was at a race, I still remember, I was at Phoenix International Raceway, and I was at a race, and all weekend I was just thinking about going home. And I was like, you know what, if that's what you're thinking about, you shouldn't be here. Really? Yeah. I, I couldn't wait for the weekend to be over. And go, oh, nothing gone wrong, I hadn't crashed a car, I hadn't broken anything, and hadn't blown anything up. And I just was like, eh, yeah, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to have to do? And I was like, you know what, that that's time to hang it up. Yeah. I don't. I sold the car the next week, and I was like, if I miss it, I'll come back. But... I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> and I came back. But because um, to me, one of the, the best things about it is the racetrack is really the only place where I don't think about the outside world. I don't mm -hmm. think about work. I don't think about what I've got to do on Monday. I don't think about 
it's it's the only place where I really get away with that extent. Everything else just melts away. Well, I hope everything else melts away when you go to Italy for your vacation. Oh yeah, I know. There's there's a first world problem. Got to get out of here and get to the airport. Hurry, and hurry. Go to Italy, but, Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. I and I hope it. to see you on the track. I hope to be there. <laughs> I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.